Hi, good evening. Welcome to Barmy Army podcast number 57. This evening I'm joined by Matt and by Andy. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, not so bad, thanks, Deborah. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Having a slightly calmer day than yesterday, that's for sure. Andy, how are you doing? Um, my eyes are still recovering from staring at Twitter for three days, but other than that, I'm okay. In When I was planning this and thinking about what we were going to discuss, there was a huge part of me that said... We're not going to talk about Super League. We're not going to touch on it. We're not going to mention it because I don't want to acknowledge it. Good evening, Ian. Just going to get to a point where we talk about Burnley, we talk about Spurs. Then it all kind of changed last night. I think it will be a bit remiss of us to not acknowledge it in the slightest. So, Andy. Well, what's yeah. happened, Mark? I know. Andy... Sunday evening, while the men were playing, um, men were playing Burnley after women were playing Burnley, there was an announcement that six Premier League clubs were breaking away to be part of this inaugural European Super League. Forty-eight hours later, the house of cards has fallen and we're out. The way it was done, incredibly dramatically, it ended as soon as it started almost as quickly as, and we're now in a position where we're possibly looking at ownership issues within the club. That's a much bigger issue. Andy, your thoughts on almost a token gesture of, oh, we'll form a women's league as well once it's available. How would that have worked? Was it, was it going to be all the Super League clubs that whose women's team entered? Because we were joking about Spurs getting into the European Super League, well, what about Liverpool getting into the women's European Super League? It, yeah. We thought it through, was it just that, oh, we'd better say something about the women? Who knows? I, don't, I, I think it was, if it if it had gone ahead and it followed through with getting a women's version, when would it have been? 10 years? 15 years? Ever? Yeah. Talking Matt, gesture, as I say, I think. Yeah. At best, um, hi Sam. Sam, go and watch, go and watch Chelsea. Come on, um, tonight I'm supporting Chelsea. Chelsea women, anyway. Um, good evening, good afternoon, Karen. Hello, blessings, John and Vincent. Matt, your thoughts on, on, on the announcement, yeah. on the subsequent change of mind. I was talking to Mark about this yesterday, and he was saying that. You know, we were both saying really that mentioning the women's league, it just seems like they just chucked it in and said, Oh, we'll say something about the women just so we can say that we have. Um, I think, like most other people, I was always hopeful that it wouldn't end up happening. I, I don't think anybody could have really have expected it to change so dramatically so quickly but i think when there was the level of opposition coming from all sides you know not just fans of all six clubs involved you know you saw the protest outside stanford bridge last night that actually forced them to delay the kickoff of chelsea game against brighton and you know there was also equal condemnation from pundits from media you know, when so many people are so strongly against it, then I don't see there's any way that it, it could have gone ahead. And I think it's a, a massive relief that it's not going ahead now. But I definitely don't think this is the end of the story. I think the ramifications of the fact that these six clubs even tried to do it will rumble on for a little while yet. Yeah, absolutely. Fiona says, much as we've said about token gesture, it feels like an afterthought. Um, Mark asks the question, are the men's team the only club in a season to appear in, let's go, the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, the Europa League and also the Super League? Pretty much. Um, Ian... The announcement made him sick. He shouldn't have been surprised that the owners and Ed would do this to us. Devastated. So glad it's dead for now and Ed is on his way out. Absolutely. I think a lot of this focused so much on the men's team that we forgot that there was an element of the women's team. We don't know what that looked like. 
We don't have to think about what that looks like. Matt, I agree with you in point, though. This isn't going to be the end of it. Andy, have you seen the amendments to the new Champions League? It basically does a little bit of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but let's also point out that when Liverpool won it and finished fifth in the Premiership, the Champions League rules didn't say that the holders are automatically in it. Yeah. But they bent the rules to allow Liverpool into it as holders. Which I think it should happen. The holders should always have a place, but the rules stated they didn't. And the rules were changed to make sure they were in. It's nothing new. It's It's been going on for a long time. The Champions League itself is the same. It's, it makes your big club, even if they're happy to finish fourth every season, get there. I think it's it's similar to the pandemic. With COVID, we always say, yeah, back to normal. But normal wasn't that great. Normal needed improving, and that's the same in football. Super yeah. League's gone, let's get back to normal. But no, let's let's improve normal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Matt, I don't know if you have any few sound issues. I know you've been on and off with your microphone, and it sounds like there's a little bit of interference coming on there. So I don't know if you need a couple of minutes just to sort something out. Um, John Fry when talking about the end announcement. Tears of Sorrow soon changed to Tears of Joy. Uh, so we off to watch the second half of uh, Chelsea City game. So um, good luck, Chelsea. Seriously, I'm behind Chelsea now. Let's move away for a moment. Um, let's look at Fiona's comment here. It would have massively impacted the growth of the women's game. Yeah, can't deny that at all. Um, well, on the one way, Mark's glad that Ed's going, as he knows nothing about football, but as a businessman, he was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Some of our club sponsors were awesome. Andy, last Sunday, we started our FA Cup campaign. Small matter of it being April and small matter of the fact that the competition won't actually get resolved within the same season. I have to ask you before we start, what's your thoughts on a competition that goes over two seasons? Normally... What the hell? But with the way things are, it's nothing surprising. Yeah. It's the only way to do it, do it. But I think I'd prefer to scrap it one season and just start it the next as normal. Yeah, I think that tends to be... Um, Jake's picked me up on something. So, good evening, by the way, Jake. It's not every day you get Deborah in Chelsea. It's not every day that Chelsea can more or less... Beat City for the title. Good to see you, Jake. Um, Matt, your thoughts on a competition that doesn't get resolved within a year? I know I've had my say, my say on it. Your thoughts, please. Sorry, can you repeat those questions? Yeah, I think we're having sound issues with you, Matt. If you want to drop off, come back in. If it's any easier, if that's better for you, then by all means, feel free. Andy and I will just keep ourselves entertained for the time being. Um, the other question is going back to the conversation about Ed. Who's going to find our next wine or fuel or chocolate sponsor? I think my favourite club spot. Actually, this could be a competition, Andy. Who's your favourite club sponsor? Mine was the Noodle Partner. We actually have a Noodle Partner. Don't start off with noodles. How, how do I how do I better a Noodle Partner? Sleep sponsor. <laughs> there is a mattress sponsor, isn't there? It, they're they're all just a little bit baffling, aren't they? But in the context of let's try and get some money into the club, yeah, perfect. absolutely well, perfect. You wonder why somebody who makes mattresses thinks, what if we could sponsor a football club? Right, right. Wow. I think Matt's back with us. Let's see if he wants to. We any better there, Matt? Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah, can you? I can hear you. We're getting terrible interference on your end. Let's see how we go for the time being. Um, Matt, competition that doesn't get resolved in a year. Thoughts on it? And I'm waiting for Jake yeah. to remind me that we do this. It, it's a difficult one. Um, but I think, in all honesty, the only reason we're in this situation is because of the pandemic. It's out of everyone's control. I don't in all honesty, think that there was ever really a likelihood that they were going to cancel the FA Cup, given that it still has a very high standing within the women's game. So I think they were always going to do whatever it takes to get the full competition played this season. Uh, but 
yeah, it is what it is. All we can do is just try and make the best of it. And, you know, we are at least in a good place right now. So hopefully next season they'll be able to get it finished off. I've tried myself to work out how on earth they can manage to fit it in. I have no idea. Um, I'm glad that those decisions aren't down to me. But, you know, hopefully by the time that does happen next season, things will be back to normal, if anyone can actually remember what normally feels like at this point. As I'm always reminded, normal is relative, so it'll be whatever's around at that time. Andy, a 6-0 win over a Burnley team that we should have beaten comfortably. The reason we did, it was expected, we did beat them comfortably. What can we actually take from it? In as much as it was expected, we had to win that match. Match fitness. Okay. That's about it. Match fitness and getting through to the next round. Well, I suppose we can take some poor finishing from it. Some, <laughs> uh, some being able to find the woodwork very well. Um, you know, we, you look at the highlights and we, we could have had 12. Yeah. But it's good to see us putting more than two or three away. So it's much fitness, bit of game time for some players. Maybe and the next round. Um, in terms of sponsorships, we're just going to jump back a moment, Andy. Ian says that the company he works for had a meeting with United a few years ago about a sponsorship deal. Do you really need a private jet supplier? With the money, I don't understand that. Trips down south and trips abroad. Why not? Why not? I completely get that. John Fry says that his highlight of last Sunday was Amy T's goal of the season, goal of the century, call it what you will. And the celebration was priceless. End of story. Just go on to say, but you know me, I'm not biased towards Amy T. Not much, John. Um, John does agree with you, though, Andy. Game time for some of the girls was good. And Fiona, a little bit more cutting. Confidence that we can pass to you and the player. Matt. Your thoughts, what do we take from that kind of a game? Yeah, it's difficult to really know how much we can take from it at all, honesty, because, you know, we were pretty much in cruise control throughout the game and we were really in a no-win situation because, you know, in getting a comfortable win, you know, with all due respect to Burnley, they're, you know, putting investment into their women's side, which is great to see, but you know, they are a National League team, we are a WSL team, so beating them as comfortably as we did was just expected, really, whereas, you know, if it had been a, a one or two nil and we'd had to grind it out a bit, you'd imagine there would have been a lot of criticism coming our way for not managing to put away a side two divisions below us. But a 6 nil win... Should it have been more, Matt? Yeah, I think it could easily have been. You know, you saw some of the other score lines that were around over the weekend. You know, City scored eight. Um, West Ham scored 11, I believe. And Arsenal got 10, not 11, something like that. You know, we could easily have got that kind of number ourselves and... You know, we all know how much of a perfectionist Casey is. She, you know, <laughs> we could easily have beaten the 12 0 we had against Villa, and, and Casey would still have wanted more. That's just the mentality that she has. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's a 6 0 win away from home, and we're into the fifth round. So I think you've got to be happy with that, really. Yeah, Jake says it was refreshing to see us play some solid attacking football. He wants honour in the attacking midfield against Spurs. And she was really enjoying herself. She was getting forward quite a bit. Fiona says that it was minutes of players that haven't said much. And John, uh, he's played in easy games like that, but he still needs to form and concentrate for the whole 90 minutes. And the girls did well in his eyes. Um, Ian says we did have chances to get double figures. Casey, however, mentioned the pitch probably didn't help us. Andy, should have been more, or do we just say, take the six, move on, win to the next round? And how dare we say, nobody else. I'm not going to finish that sentence. 
as a standalone fixture, six nil, fine, you're free, no problem. When you think about the league table and the company we want to be in, and of where our goal difference is compared to the other three, it's a chance to make a statement that we didn't really make. Yeah. So, you know, it's a case of showing me that you can be clinical. That's what we need if, you know, goal difference is something that could punish us this season. It's something that we've always been behind in. We've won the games, but we've not won by a lot of goals. Show me you can go and be clinical. Is that for you? the biggest thing we've got to take out of this season and fix, Andy? Um, for the first half of the season, yeah. Because we were in the driving seat because we'd played more games and got the points on the board. But it was in the second half of the season, there were games we should have won that we didn't. So for the first half of the season, it's absolutely being clinical, scoring the goals and racking up the numbers. But then it, after that, it's the character once we'd lost to Chelsea. It's yeah. the games we should have won that should have kept us in the top three and now we're hoping somebody does us a favour against Arsenal. Okay. Story of set pieces in some ways. Matt, um, picking up on what Andy said there, that lack of being clinical. We've often talked about it during watch-alongs, socials, fan cams. What's the one thing that you want us to get to improve on going into next season? I know we haven't finished this one yet, but in some ways, head to on next season at the moment. I think we need an out-on-out goal scorer. You'll almost do. You know, you look at the sides that are above us. You know, Chelsea have Sam Kerr, Arsenal have Vivian Meadham, while those two are directly competing for the golden boot. You know, Chelsea also have Frank Kirby, who's been in the form of her life this season. Even City have Ellen White. You know, all of those teams have a player that's capable of getting 15, 20 goals a season at that level. We don't have that. We have players that are capable of getting goals. Unfortunately, several of them are, you know, on the treatment table at the moment. But we don't have that one striker that you could look at and think, yeah, they are the player that is going to get us to that next level. And I think, you know, Andy's right. The goal difference is what it looks like it's going to cost us. They're been a number of times where we could have easily won games more comfortably than we have. You know, the top three will routinely rack up five, six, maybe even more against the bottom sides. We've only done that once in the league this season against Bristol City. And I think for me, that is the biggest thing that we need to look at in the summer. Yeah. Um, John Fry says, um, our number nine on Sunday didn't really get across on target the whole game. And that was worrying for him going forward. Absolutely agree. Um, Jake says, he still thinks Russo is something special, but has shown this season we've got no suitable backup or partner for her. Questionable, perhaps, that had people been fit, would have had partners for her. Um, do we need a new number nine, Andy? We need a fit number nine. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and like you just pointed out, we do have the players. We have, we're not that thin a squad. It's just that we have that many injuries. And not, not to make an excuse of it, but look at the players who are out and you, you, could, you could create a whole attack for us from the players that are injured. So I don't think it's quite about depth altogether, which it seems strange to say when when you're struggling to put a, a top-class team out. But the number of players that are injured in our attack is ridiculous. If two of them are injured, we've still got some top players on the pitch that can score a goal. Yeah. I don't know about you, Andy, but I'm adamant that had we kept certain players fit, we'd have had to tag up by now. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think that the squad is as bad as it's been made to look the second half of the season. Matt, would you agree? We're not that far, at least from third. Yeah, I think obviously the fact that we have had 
you know, not only three attacking players out for all of them long term is definitely a concern. And, you know, missing one player long term would have definitely been damaging for us. But, you know, having all three out at the same time and for a lot time has definitely helped. But also, I think it's the fact that, you know, as you've said yourself, we have never been at this point of WSL season before. You know, this point of last season didn't happen for reasons that we're all all so aware of. So I think there is also an element of that, of just, you know, having that experience of navigating our way through a full top-flight campaign. And, you know, once we get to the end of this season, we will have done that. So we we will have that experience of having done a full campaign in, in the top flight. I think that will definitely help us going forward. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fiona Sturz, we need more depth and qu- need more quality in depth with some of the potential players potentially leaving. Okay. John Fry, excuse me, asks which other top WSL team could have coped with our injury list this season. But also, Spurs, contrary to what we said, Andy, we're still away from third. So, the goal at this stage now, three league games left, we need to at least cement four. We only, I think, need a point, but we need to make sure that we get four. Andy, out of three games, where's that at least a point? Where's it coming? Well, you look at the games and if you, if you take out the context of the season since we lost to Chelsea, you'd look at that and say, we want three wins, nothing left. As we are, it's not quite like that. We're, yeah. capable, of, we're capable of struggling. But Two home games. Yeah, we, we should be getting, we shouldn't be losing any. We should be getting a point, at least a point from all of them. I would, I'd be disappointed if we don't win all three. But with the injuries and with the form, I don't expect it. But I would be disappointed if we lose any of them, to be honest. Tottenham and Everton at home, Bristol away in between. Matt, three games that, under normal circumstances, we're expecting nine points from. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tottenham haven't really been one thing or another this season. They've just been sort of somewhere in the middle and we have got a very good record against them so you would expect them, you know, three points there. Bristol City, I mean, we slipped up against them last season. We cannot do that again. You know, we simply can't. But I would be a little wary of that one because I've always believed that at this stage of the season, teams at the bottom of the table are just as dangerous as the teams at the top because they are fighting for every point just as much. You know, Bristol City need the points just as much as, you know, Chelsea and City who are playing at the moment. The only difference is the reasoning behind them needing those points is to stay in the division rather than to win it. So I think in a weird kind of way, I think that is the most dangerous of the three games that we've got left, particularly with it being our one remaining away game. But even taking into account that and the injuries that we've got, it's still a case for me of nothing less than three points is acceptable because even if we don't ultimately end up getting third, which I don't think we will now in all honesty, I think it's important that we do finish the season strongly and don't just let it peter out into an anti-climax, which I think there is a bit of a danger of us doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fiona says we can reduce the Spurs in Bristol, even with a weaker team. Hopefully, Roos goes back for the game against Everton. Uh, and then Jake goes on to say he's least worried about Spurs. Okay. The two games afterwards, we've got a team fighting for their lives and a team that... Well, team fight for their lives, Bristol, and a team that always wants to prove themselves against us. Still, no win is guaranteed. Uh, Ian, Bristol will be fighting for their lives. They've got a six-pointer against Villa on Saturday. According to Ian, 
The referee says, move that and they're down, which could make our game a week later easier. Um, Andy, Mark agrees with you, says we should win all three. So, Spurs, this Sunday, on the red button, half past 12 kickoff at Lee. We've got history in a way with Spurs. We came up with them. They've never, never taken a point from us. Are we keeping that record going this week? Absolutely confident. No chance, no doubt about it. Even without the, the queen of football that is Alex Morgan, we're going to have too much for them, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I think it's got to be three ones. I mean, Spurs, you know, whenever we play the New Britons, great memories for me because the away game in the Championship was the first uh, women's game I went to. Uh, yeah, two minutes in, Zoe Diggs one over the keeper. Great start for me. Um, but yeah, as I just said, you know, they haven't really been one thing or the other this season. Even the change of manager seemed to work for a couple of games, but, you know, they've just been kind of there in mid-table this season. Um and they haven't really got anything to play for. Whereas, you know, we've still got something to play for. And with it being a home game, I, I, it's got to be three points for me, in all honesty. Yeah, I think um, somebody said, was it Matt Beard said, they were very lucky they got the three points awarded to them after the Birmingham game. It wasn't played because otherwise they'd have been in the relegation zone. Ian, did I say the wrong time? In my head, I was saying 12.30. I think you said 12.30. Yeah, Ian, sort yourself yeah, out. <laughs> um, did I say that the game's on the red button? The yeah, come on, Ian, you've got to sort the tweets out. <laughs> um, did I say the game's on the red button? Pretty sure it is. Don't quote me on that one. According to Jake, um, Spurs are too weak in attack, if you ask him. We should win, even if it's just another 1-0. Hopefully not. But also, Jake, hopefully not a 94th-minute winner. Um, he then goes on to say, as for Spurs, they'd be fighting for the top three if Alex Morgan was still there. Of course. Of course. Um, Fiona thinks that Kristen and Jackie will have a field day on Sunday. John Fry goes with 3-1. That is one of the most conservative score predictions John Fry has had for a very long time. Um, and then Fiona obviously picks up on the fact that Chris and Jackie and also Alex Morgan top three in terms of TV minutes and Turgan's water bottle, of course. Um, Andy, this, this Spurs game that's coming up next, are you... Any changes team-wise? Any? I know we haven't got the personnel to start chopping and changing, but... Is there anybody that you think from the game on Sunday needs to play this week? I think it's hard to earn your place in a league game from a game like that. Because what what are you what are you learning from that game about players other than concentration? Yeah, I'm not so sure. There might be players that have played themselves out of a game, but. It's difficult to play yourself into into a game from a match like that, I think. A um, couple more uh, reserved suggestions. 2-0 to United. John Fry says he can't see a scoring 10. Can't see a scoring 10 all season, actually, but, but there you go. Um, Matt, I've just every now and again, when you're not speaking, you, you've, your audio goes a bit weird, so I'm just going to mute you in between questions if you don't mind um jake does go on to say in terms of goals lucy's goal at the weekend was a touch of class she's cementing her place in midfield yeah andy while, I, while we're talking about um honor and smudge need to start according to fiona lucy staniforth first choice midfielder for you i think so yeah um okay. you've obviously we, we, we all know about Haley lad and that she the role she plays as well as how well she plays it makes her vital. Jackie Gronin having a great season. But yeah, absolutely stands forth. Get her get her in there. She's she's growing into a role, she's growing into the team. 
with a, a after a slow start to her injury. So yeah, I think she um, completes our midfield. Definitely. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going to map that question because he might have a vested interest in in the whole Lucy Staniforth uh, starting uh, situation. Mark says a win. He doesn't care about the score. So, Matt, Lucy Staniforth playing herself into being a regular, to being a starter, because for me, that puts her in direct competition with somebody else. I wonder why you've come to me with that comment. I um, asked Andy if he thought Lucy Conniff was a starter. Come on, I'm being fair. Look, I made the point on the fan cams on Sunday. For me, I mean, I, I actually was the only person to give Lucy Mark a player of the match on Sunday. Um, for me, she has definitely earned the right to start. You know, she is definitely made to cut. I mean, she I believe, a goal and two assists, I believe, on Sunday. And yes, you know, you can say what you like about the opposition, but at the risk of using a cliche, you can only beat what's in front of you. And ultimately, you know, that game would have been a chance for players to stake their claims uh, to start when they haven't been. And for me, Lucy has absolutely faked her claim to be a starter against Spurs, you know, at the weekend. That, to me, the point you just made, Andy, she's taken advantage of her opportunity and she's made it her own. I'm almost disappointed that we haven't had more players. Bearing in mind that the injuries have come when they've come in as much as other players have had to play. There's very few people that have taken that opportunity and said, even when the first choice player is available, I deserve this position. Fiona goes mm -hmm. on, so I'll come back to you for, for an answer. Sorry, I'm just jumping in with Fiona's point. Her performance on Sunday and in previous games would mean that Stanley starts for me. Yeah. If Haley isn't fit, go with Jackie and Katie as well. Um, Mark had earlier said, I put the comment up, Lucy's the shining star in what's been a poor 2021 Lucy Stanford for fan club says, good point, Mark. All-round poor performances have allowed Lucy to stand out. Okay, reminds me of a time at Birmingham. Please, Jake, let's, let's not liken us to Birmingham in any way. Um, can Lucy play in Hayley role alongside Jackie? No, I tend not to think she could. Um, she's not so much of a holding midfielder. I think she's more of a replacement for Zelly going forward. Uh, and yeah, thanks, Fiona. I did just see it out of the corner of my eye. City have equalised, so boo. Um, Andy, sorry, I cut you off in your prime there. Uh, I think one player that I would say maybe hasn't had the opportunity despite injuries is Kirsty Hansen. I think there are some games where she would have given us natural width that we needed and she hasn't been used. Whether there are any reasons behind that from in training or from fitness, I don't know. But I think she's, with with a fully fit squad, I'd still like to see Kirsty Hansen getting minutes on the pitch. With, this, with the injury, injuries we've had, I'm shocked that she hasn't played more than she has. Other than that, I agree. Maybe some players could have stepped up mm. and and have, have disappointed overall with opportunities that they've had. Do you think some players have worked their way out of the, of the club? Um, I don't know if they've worked their way out of the club or they've reached the level. I think, okay. you know, we, we are looking to break into a top three that has some world-class players in it among all the three teams. Yeah. It's difficult to judge which of our players are world-class. Some of them have come up from the championship with us. Some of them joined us at the championship, maybe because of our name, maybe because of money, who knows? Maybe because they were struggling in the career and so Galton was had injuries and she saw it as a chance to play a lot of football and she's grown with it. You know, she was obviously good enough from the start to play in the top division, but she joined us probably because would a top three club take a chance on her fitness? We got lucky with that and she's grown with us. Some players joined us in the championship and maybe couldn't make the step up to the top division or maybe could, but not into the challenge for the top three. It's a good point you make. I think 
sometimes where we expect everything from our players. And and that's 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 the positivity that we've got as football fans. That's the hope. But actually you've got to bear in mind that realistically, you're right. Some of them may have reached their ceiling. Um Jake quantifies that he wasn't saying that we should aspire to be Birmingham. It's all right, Jake. I knew, you, I knew where you were going with it. Um, he's just waiting for an absolute screamer from Lucy now. I think we'd all like to see that. Um, Fiona would like to... Thinks Casey needs to decide if Kristen will start on the left or be Hanson on Sunday. Um, Matt, what would you what would you do in that situation if you're Casey? Who's on yeah, the left of you? Agree with Andy. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Kirsty Hansen hasn't had more chances, particularly when you know Tobin and Leah have both been out long term. Kirsty, to me, would seem like the ideal player to slot in as an out and out winner. So I'm definitely surprised we haven't seen more of her. Kristen, in all honesty, we haven't seen the best of her. You know, that may just simply be because, you know, it's taking her a bit longer to settle into England and the WSL. You know, that happens sometimes. Maybe if she stays next year, then maybe we'll start to see more of her, uh, more of the best of her then. I'd say the same about Jackie. I don't think we saw the best of her last season, but we've definitely seen that a lot more this season could be the same for Kristen. I think if it is a straight choice between those two, based purely on the form that they've shown for United, then for me, I would go with Kirsty. Okay. Ian throws in the suggestion, and I kind of like this one. Kristen on the left, Kirsty on the right, yes, through the middle, with, I'm going to add the rider on there, with Russo to come on with half an hour to go. And the reason why I say I like that idea is when Kristen came on, she was on the she was on the wing. And there's one point Mark and I picked up on it. She's she put in a beautiful ball. She put in one of the best crosses of the afternoon and actually made me think that we're not utilizing her. And I know it's a whole issue and Karen, if you're still with us, you'll know full well that the American fans out there have got a real issue about What's Kristen's best position? Has the time come now, Matt, for us to say Kristen's play, Kristen plays on the left? If Russo's coming back, Kristen's playing on the left. Yeah, obviously, I really hope that, you know, we do see Russo back soon. I completely agree with the comments that Jake made earlier on that she is a star in the making. I mean, she showed that. that you know, in the time she was able to play for it before her injury. Yeah, it's difficult to know where, where Kristen's best position is, but I think we've all wanted to see more of Jess through the middle uh, because I think we all know that is where she is at her best. So, so I think the idea of playing Kristen and Kirsty on the wings and Jess through the middle... Yeah, I, I would definitely be happy with seeing that at the weekend. And, of course, with you know Russo hopefully to come on the last 20 minutes or how, however long it is, that has the dual benefits of it would just be a straight swap for Jess. Uh, I she can play on the wing as well if we need her to. And, of course, she's got that pace, which would be a real asset when the game's getting stretched and the opposition defence are getting a few tired legs. Um, so follow on from that, Andy. Fiona says, Kristen and Honor on the left looks like a great partnership from what you can tell from that Burnley game, admittedly. Um, John Fry also says we've got Leah back. I'm not sure she's going to get back before the end of the season, but whilst we still don't have a regular left-sided player, so neither Tobin nor Leah, is this an opportunity for us to get Russo back and also get Kristen playing? Because if you're playing Kristen as a nine, you're having to decide then between Russo either not getting the minutes 
or playing in a position that's not natural to her? I think with press, we talk about what her best position is. The question is, what's the best position for us? And she's looked rusty in front of goal. So, you know, even without where which other players are fit and where they should play, she's looking more effective from the left, where she's involved in play more rather than putting her in front of goal where she's not quite firing. So keep her there. And then, yeah, I agree about Jess playing up front. It's the best position. She was a regular top scorer in the championship before she played for us and then in a season with us. And she was one that I thought, is that her level or will she be good in the in the top division? And other than not playing as regularly, I think she can be if she played in position. I think she's one of them players, like Alan Smith used to be when he signed for United. Never the most top-class centre-forward, but ran defenders ragged. She's she's like a bull charging around the up front, and that helps the rest of the team, especially when we're a depleted squad. You get a player like that up front, it, it drives the spirit, it inspires everybody else, it creates space, get her up front and get our wingers on the wing, and get press playing where she's playing the best for us. And on the subject of that, our US correspondent says Press's best position is on the left. Karen then goes on to say Press is actually able to play either wing. On the national team, she'll play both sides, depending on who is with her. Um, I, Yeah, I think that game against Burnley was, again, Burnley. But it was, it was, it was a rarity in terms of having seen her on the wing. And actually, I liked what I saw. And I think with someone like Jess, who is, let's be honest, Andy, she's a complete fan favourite because she will give you heart and soul. Yeah. And we want to see somebody run, somebody... It goes back to the LJ thing. How many times when LJ is just kind of chilling on the pitch, do we all think, no, move, do something. We want to see something slightly dynamic. And Jess gives you that. LJ plays in a different way, completely. But... Jess gives you that. She gives you that energy. She tires teams out, I dare say. And if she can do that, now either she comes, she's come on in the past and gone on the wing or gone up front when defences are tired. But actually, if Russo's not fit enough to start, I'd be thinking Jess starts. And I don't know who I've got on uh, lineup league this week, but there you go. I'm showing my hand. Kristen on the left, Hansen on the right, Jess down the middle. Um, Fiona says Jess benefited from minutes on Sunday hopefully in preparation for Spurs Matt, any concerns over the fact though that Jess has had games where she's had chances and not managed to score and I'm thinking of that chance as well she had against Brighton one on one with the keeper didn't score Is that a concern for yeah, you? I think that's going to be a concern because, yeah, definitely. Because we're there to like, a, you know, confidence. And if they're not scoring goals, that confidence does dip. And we've all said it already about needing to be more clinical. And as the number nine, really, in our squad, she is the player that you would expect to score those one on one chances. And you have to wonder if she keeps missing those chances, is it going to get to the point where she gets in that position herself and almost starts to second guess herself and maybe doesn't back herself to score and decides to pass to a teammate when that's not necessarily the best option because she doesn't have that confidence in herself to, to show. Like there is definitely a danger of that happening, which is a real shame. When Jackie Gronan gets in a position to score or to shoot and doesn't shoot and passes to a player, we say it because she's unselfish. But interesting, depends on whether you're a number nine or not. Jake, I know, is a massive fan of Jess and he says he hates to see Jess fail to impress when she has a chance because we know what she can do. Not been her season at all. And actually, Andy, that kind of taps into the the, the whole not making your not making it work for you when you've had the chances. Um Karen comes back and says, um, up the middle is not 
uh, Kristen's best position, but she'll not her real position, but she'll never complain, play where she's needed the most. She's a team player. I think we all want to see her play. We just want her to play as well as she can. Um, John Fry says we can't risk Russo from the start. No, nope, I, I would anticipate she's coming off the bench, if at all, um, whether it's this weekend or next weekend. Um, she hasn't played much and mainly on the wing, so might not be the sharpest, but in front of goal, she should be scoring those. I assume this is about Jess, Fiona. Um, she has in the past, so maybe lacks confidence, like Matt says. Okay. Um, and on the subject of Jess, John Fry says, Jess is a confidence player, but like the men, the number nine doesn't get many chances. So if she scores one, she'll score three. Andy, there's a balance here, I think, especially with a striker, because players need minutes. None of us will deny that. But if you've got a striker who plays two games on the bounce, doesn't score in either, then you've got somebody else who's available, who's fit. How many more chances do you give the player who's not scoring? If there are around players still good, then and you're not relying on their goals then you can afford to give them more time. It all depends what game's coming, whether they're suited to the game, how fit they are, how confident they seem in training. That's the bit we don't see. If somebody's coming off after the second game, no no goals, and the, the, the shoulders are slumped in training, then they're not scoring in training. You expect that to carry on into the game and you, you drop them accordingly. If they come off and they don't feel, they don't appear to be put down by it, and they still look confident, put them in. As long as they're doing a job for the team and the, their lack of goals isn't contributing to the team's lack of goals. So hypothetically, Jeff starts on Sunday, doesn't score. Russo comes on for half an hour, scores one, contributes with an assist. Who starts the next game for you? In the situation we're in, Rousseau's minutes should be purely to get her own fitness back. If we rely on her for these last three games that look unlikely that we're going to get in top three and she gets an injury setback, it's not worth it. If she's fully fit, she's earned a place. If she's come on and done that, she's earned a start the next game. But in the current situation, I'd still be hesitant to start her the next game unless she shows to be 100% fit. If everybody's fit and well and healthy, Matt, for you, in terms of our strikers, where does Jess come in that list for you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, Jess should be the one to start through the middle at the moment. I completely agree with everything Andy's just said. You know, I will happily go on record and say I think Russo has got the potential to be a world-class player, but she has been out for a long time. And she has already had multiple injury setbacks, which have delayed her comeback already. And the last thing I'm sure any of us want to do is you know, risk aggravating any injuries. I think... If she does feature us all in the last, you know, four games of the season, it should be just in order to get minutes into her. Obviously, if you know Jess continues to not score, that does make it harder. And I'm sure if you know the hypothetical scenario you mentioned does occur, then I'm sure there would be a temptation to start Russo, but. I would still very much err on the side of caution on that one because of her injury situation. So, yeah, I think mean, for me, it should be Jesper in the middle or LJ. Are we believing that LJ, is LJ still out? Do we know what the situation is with, with LJ? I've, I've lost track of... You know, I, you okay? To be honest, sometimes we don't even know players are injured until the... the Starting 11th day, so who knows? We know that you know, in Casey does that press conference or she does the thing on a Friday and they talk about who's injured. I've stopped listening. 
I've stopped listening, so yeah. I don't know the updates that anybody is. Anybody might well be. Vincent, thank you. Reminding everybody, hit the like button, subscribe, share. Please. Um, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Andy, we're, we're coming to a point in the season where marks out of 10. What would you give us this season? I think it's one of them where it depends on which point of the season you set your expectations from. If we were in this situation, if, if you gave us the situation from the beginning of the season, you think we're three, potentially three points off third place with an outside chance of getting it, we're closer than we appeared to be before, happy. You look at it from halfway through the season, just before that Chelsea loss, we've slipped a long way. Mm. But then you throw the context of the injuries in, I'd say that bumps the mark up a bit because of how we've caught with that. We've not caught with it well, but despite that, we're still within that little sniff of third place. So. I'd be really interested, actually. I've asked, I know I've asked you, Andy. I'll ask Matt in a moment as well, but if anybody... Thank you, John. You've jumped in. John's going for a 7 out of 10. Jake's agreeing, also a 7 out of 10, quite literally, as Andy said, quite literally a season of two halves. The second half will always bury the elation we had in the first, 7 out of 10 for, for, for Jake. And Jake's one of those, he has admitted, halfway through the season, he was dreaming. So when he talks about the elation, it was that we were lifted a trophy at the end of the season. Um, Matt, same question to you. Mark's out of 10 for the season. Yeah, I'd say seven. You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't like Jake and beginning to dream of Zelly lifting that trophy at the end to the season. I think it was quite easy to get carried away when you're top of the league and unbeaten at the halfway stage. But in all honesty, over on the socials at the start of the season, we were talking about what would we consider to be a good season. And I think it was even before we signed Tobin and Kristen and Leslie, but we all said consolidating fourth, but finishing closer to the top three than we did last season and what there was of last season. The gap between us and the rest below us has increased, whereas I think the gap between us and the top three in terms of points has definitely Reduced, so really, you would have to say, looking at the big picture of the season as a whole, you know, we have achieved what we set out to do. Okay, so all the scores Ian gives us a six, Mark a seven, Vincent five for this season. Should be winning the league, he says. Um, but if we win the FA Cup, maybe a seven. We can't win the FA Cup this year. So we can stay in it. So maybe uh, Fiona says a six. His performances haven't been that great, even when we got three points. But how many times have we always said a mark of a champion is when you win, not playing well? But yeah, it would have been nice to have had some good performances. Andy, I think you're right in as much as the season is almost split into two sections. But if we had some of those bad results sort of sprinkled through the season maybe we judge it a bit better. And actually, if there's anybody watching who can remember, when we when Fiona dropped the bomb about Tobin and Kristen, I'm pretty sure at that point we were discussing where we were going to finish. And Fiona's comment was something along third if the rumour is true. So even with Tobin and Kristen, we were hoping third. If that's the case, and I've not just made that up or I've just not just imagined it, Actually, to be where we are right now, yes, in the context of the season and how we started and how where we were at Christmas, yes, it might not look great, but let's look at the season as a whole. And maybe that's giving us a little bit of a boost. Um, yeah, Fiona's asked this question a few times in socials. You can count good 90-minute performances on one hand. I'd argue you wouldn't need all five, you wouldn't need all four fingers and a thumb. Andy? Solid 90-minute performances? Have we had many this season? We, well, we struggle for a solid 90 minutes of good coverage to be able to tell. But, <laughs> but from what we've seen, no, not many. 
Um, yeah. but, I, but I also think that that comment of third, if the rumours are true, mm. if Torben Heath stays fit, I think we, we'd have got top three. I think we'd be comfortable in top three. I think it is the, the lack of Torben Heath that has caused the decline. Other players have contributed to it, but the mood dropped after Heath got injured. Not just from what she brings to the team with what she does on the pitch, but what she inspires other players to do on the pitch. The whole mood around the squad seemed to drop at that point. More Tobin than Leah for you, Andy? Yeah, I think we 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 already had Leah. Leah's our player. We expect her to be with us beyond this season and such. With Heath, it was a this is our next step. And even though I think without Heath and with the other players that are injured, if they were fit, we were good enough, I think we lost belief. Yeah. We lost belief as the, the belief that everybody else lost was more important than losing Torben Heath. And I think that's what did us in the end. Not in the end, because it's not over, but that's what yeah. did us from that point to this. Absolutely. Fiona says her leadership and her game-changing moments. Um, just before we finish, Sam's back. And congratulations on a 2-2 draw. Um, John also uh, John Fry also says we've not had a good 90-minute performance all season. Neither of the TV broadcasters, but you're right on that one, Andy. Um, but does go on to say that we've missed Tobin the most. Um, question for you, Matt. Tobin the biggest miss? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, Tobin is pretty much the female equivalent of Bruno in terms of, you know, a player that's come in and made an immediate impact. You know, multiple people have, have talked there about the leadership that she's shown on the pitch. And, you know, we all remember that goal she scored in the derby and she's kissing the badge and all the rest of it. You know, when you have a player like that on the pitch, it lifts everyone around you. And, of course, it was that goal that was the catalyst for our, our comeback. And it seemed like even though, you know, she's not even from England, let alone from Manchester, but she seemed to really get what it means to play for a club of the standing of Manchester United. And I think Andy's right. You definitely saw a drop in belief when she got injured, particularly when we knew that it was going to be a long-term injury. I think if it had just been, you know, she could be out for a couple of weeks or maybe, you know, a month or worse then, because, okay, yeah, that's going to definitely be a blow, but we'll get her back soon and we'll get things back on track once she returns. But knowing that it's going to be long-term, and of course, you know, let's face it, her season's over. We have things um, that I think... Yeah, that has definitely been a massive, massive loss for us. Yeah. Jake says here, uh, Tobin's absence will always lead to the question of what if, such a shame. The 2-2 draw against City showed the power she brings. We were down and out at half-time. And I always think of the space that we had on the left against Arsenal at, the, at Boreham Wood and how either Tobin or Leah, I think, would have just had an absolute joy Joyful evening at, the, at that stage. Uh, Sang seems to think that we've missed Leah more than Tobin. Either way, we've missed at least one great left winger, that's for sure. Um, we're coming up to time, so before we finish, Andy, it's been a quiet few days. I'm just wondering, have you got any any plans or anything you're going to just go and sit in a darkened room for over the next couple of days, or are you you're nicely chilled and just ready for the next next round of fixtures? Uh, I think to average out screen time, a healthy screen time over the next few days, it's going to be go out into the mountains or something with no technology. Because it's, it, it has been screen, what next, what next? Check the screen, watch Twitter, update. It's been non-stop. And even just Twitter, you didn't even need a TV. Just watch Twitter and it all unfolded right before your eyes. It was all that, all that was there. Yeah, 
certainly last night, that's where we were getting our news from. And we were, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And for that couple of hours, the Super, the European Super League was the greatest entertainment you could ever wish for. The fact that there wasn't a match that was played under it doesn't matter. It was incredible entertainment. And I think that should be its legacy. As a legacy fan, Andy, you can join me in being a legacy fan. I think that is the European Super League's legacy. Um, Matt, final thoughts on what's been the most bizarre week for most football fans? Yeah, it's been... Oh, I can't even get my head around the madness that's been the last 72 hours. I think uh, the idea of lying down in a darkened room seems quite appealing in all honesty, but unfortunately I can't do that because I'm, I've still got my final week of my second year of uni to finish off this week, so I'll, I'll do the lie down in the darker room Friday afternoon once I finish uni. Uh, but yeah, what a week and, you know, in all of the madness, we haven't even been playing it amongst any of it. It's absolutely extraordinary, but it will definitely be nice to just all put this behind us and actually be able to concentrate on some actual football for a change. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, th- I think I think we'd all agree after this. Let's just get some football happening and let's just get the players on the pitch. And let's hope at some stage in the not-too-distant future we're able to get to those games. That's the one thing that did come out of this for me. Andy, Matt, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Really appreciated it. Um, everybody who's joined in the comments, everybody who's watched, thank you very much for contributing. Uh, John Fry, absolutely. We don't want another week like this. As entertaining as it was, Monday wasn't a great day. Um, thank you all very much for joining me. Uh, Mark's back next week. Don't know who with. It's going to be a surprise for everybody. Um, but thank you all very much for watching. And take care. Look after yourselves. Be calm over the next few days. And, uh, yeah, let's have some good football. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.